Welcome to the First Presbyterian Church New Bern podcast. My name is Paul Scott Chernitsky. I am one of your hosts, and I am joined again by my co-host, Anna. What's up, Anna? Um, It's Easter, Paul Scott. It's Easter. You're hearing this on the day after Easter, which means Anna and I made it through the busy Holy Week. Yes, you have essentially moved into the church to do video, recording, children's sermons outside, inside. You have been amazing. The choirs, um, we have had a phenomenal week. It has been worshipful. That is the best way to describe it. It has been worshipful. Uh, I, I learned a lot this week, especially our, our podcasting and our talk. I really found a new love for Monday Thursday, actually. Yeah. I thought the the in-person, uh, I mean, I was filming it, but I thought it was a really powerful service that we had during the day. And uh, when I went to edit it, uh, we've talked about it before that I don't listen to what's going on while I'm filming because I'm looking at all kinds of other things. But um, when I'm going to edit it, you know, it starts to sink in even more for me. So it, it definitely, I think I had some happy B-roll going on during parts of it. And I was like, whoa, 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 I need to dial it back. Yeah, it's a very different. Fascinatingly, I don't preach to you when we're recording. I'm preaching, thinking about the congregation. Um, anyway, that's a little tangent. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so Easter was like the big game. Uh, I've been joking about that, but it's kind of for real. And now uh, we are marching towards what? Well... Yes, marching towards, but also Easter season. Easter isn't just one day. It is a whole season. It's 50 days long, and it ends with Pentecost. So we are in Easter. So Christ is risen, and every Sunday is Resurrection Day. So every Sunday is a little Easter, but it is Easter season until Pentecost, which this year is on June 5th. Nice. What color stoles do we go? Well, we're white right now. That's Easter because high holy days. And then Pentecost is red. Nice. Yes. Nice. Red shoes, red stoles. I mean, okay, red stoles for everybody. Red shoes are not required. I just love wearing red shoes. Uh, I think this is our 28th podcast or so. Wow. I know, right? We've been doing good. Yeah. Uh, we enjoy doing it, and we're so happy for the people that listen. Uh, we're keeping it short today because we had a long holy week. But we yes. want to we want to leave you with uh, a poem that's from the bulletin on Easter Sunday. Yes, this is my favorite Easter poem. It was written by Barry Shepherd, who is a poet, preacher, theologian, and he was my boss when I lived in New York City and worked at the First Presbyterian Church in the city of New York. And it is entitled "Hope Weed." Our Christian symbols seem at times not quite appropriate to the meaning that they bear. For instance, take the Easter lily, white and fragile sign of resurrection. Rare, its graceful silent trumpet greets the light of March or April, only under glare of florist lamps, unnaturally bright. You'll never find them in the open air before July. A better flower for Easter day would be, as every angry gardener knows, the dandelion, seated by the gay abandoned wind that as it listeth blows. No matter how we weed out every stray, digging as deep, the root still deeper goes. And when at last we quit and go away, the rain falls and a host of fresh bright foes stands resurrected and the garden glows. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the sermon and happy Easter season.
Happy Easter. Our scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter. Early, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, and he went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned to him and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he said these things to her. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On the first day of the week, while it was still dark, that's when Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. She went to the tomb to care for her Lord, to care for his body. It is a sacred thing to care for the body of someone who has died. It is a tender thing. It is a beautiful thing. And Mary Magdalene went to do that that morning with her heart broken, knowing that her Lord had died, really died. And along with his death went the death of the dreams of his people, his followers, his disciples, those who had loved him. 
They presumed that not only was Jesus dead, so had the dreams of what would be, what God had begun. After all, Jesus was the one who brought the voice of God, who the stars followed. Wise ones celebrated his birth. Jesus brought those things, the Holy Spirit upon baptism, the miracles, the feeding, the teaching. That was all Jesus. I can't fault them. I can't fault Mary Magdalene and the disciples. After all, they were heartbroken. What do you do when your dreams have been destroyed? You grieve. Peter was wallowing in the shame of his denial. The disciples were scared. If the Romans could kill one of them, they could certainly kill all of them. It was over. It was done. Only it wasn't. What Mary Magdalene and the rest of the disciples were just on the brink of realizing was that Jesus' story was not over. It was just beginning. It was turning a page, a whole new chapter. It wasn't over Jesus' story. It was just beginning. And sometimes that realization, that revelation arrives in waves, and sometimes it comes in one fell swoop. Mary went to the tomb, and at first she simply goes to report that the stone has been rolled away. They think that the body of Jesus has been stolen. She reaches a logical conclusion. Grave robbers, thieves, haters, he's been taken. So she goes to get help. Peter and the beloved disciple, the painting on the cover of the bulletin depicts that beloved disciple as John. Others have presumed that it might have been Lazarus. We are not told his name, but what we are told is that he and Simon Peter begin to race to the tomb, and it becomes a race, because we are told multiple times who got there first and who got there second. The beloved disciple, maybe Lazarus, maybe John, sees the linen wrappings, and he knows that something's off because if there had been thieves, they would have taken it all. They would have taken all of him. Simon Peter goes into the tomb, and he sees not only the linen wrappings, but the cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The beloved disciple now comes in, and he believes. They do not yet understand, but we're told that they believe. How often is that the case, that belief precedes understanding? We know that Simon Peter will get to belief later. After all, he's the rock upon which the church is founded, but that comes later for him. The disciples depart, and that leaves Mary Magdalene there. We do not know when she returned, if she raced back or if she walked back later. We don't know when she came back to the tomb, but she is there, and she is the one who sees angels. She sees angels in the tomb, just where Jesus' body had been. The angels inquire as to her grief, but they don't explain or they don't help. They don't try and fix it. They just ask her why she is weeping. Theologian Gail O'Day suggests that these angels are not like Gabriel or the angels that appear to announce Jesus' arrival. These angels, she writes, are not messengers, but are evidence of the inbreaking of the promised new age of Jesus' death and resurrection. They are evidence of the inbreaking of God. And then Jesus is there outside the tomb. Only Mary doesn't know that it is him. And again, Jesus asks why she is weeping whom she is seeking. These words echo the very first words spoken by Jesus in the Gospel of John when a group asks why, when Jesus asks a group what that is following him, 
What are you looking for? Mary asks that question. Whom do you seek? She doesn't know that it's Jesus that is asking. Is Mary's grief too great, her love too deep? Her hold on an initial rational explanation for what is happening too intense that she cannot see what is right in front of her? Mary still is seeking the old Jesus, seeking him as he was. Are we ever like that? Unable to embrace what God is giving because we're too busy holding on to what has already been completed, holding on to what we already had, that we can't accept the new thing God is doing? Jesus, moved by her grief or maybe ready to move on, calls Mary by name, and that's when she recognizes him. When she is called by name, and she calls out to him, teacher. Jesus has, just a few chapters earlier in John, told us all, you can call me teacher and Lord, for you are right, that is what I am. And it is then that Mary understands and believes. Jesus is not what he has been. Jesus has left death behind. The part of history of faith where Jesus becomes flesh and lived as one of us, suffered, lived for us, died because of us, has ended, and a new thing has begun. On that first Easter morning, what I believe Mary began to see and believe was that God did not end when Jesus died on the cross. God was just getting started. Jesus' death wasn't the end. It was just the beginning. I believe that's what Mary began to understand, what she goes and tells the others. Like the woman in John chapter 4, the first evangelist for the living Jesus, Mary now becomes the first evangelist for the risen Jesus. Now, we live in a very different world than Mary Magdalene. We know the world, the earth to be round. We know of galaxies and dark matter, of Higgs bosons and big bangs. We know of narwhals and dung beetles that navigate using the Milky Way. We live in a very different world when it comes to communication and knowledge. But I'm not sure we understand any more than Mary Magdalene, any more than Simon Peter or the beloved disciple. In those first moments on that early Easter morning, I'm not sure we understand any more, and I'm not sure we live in that different of a place. After all, where are we in our world right now? They were living in a world that was dominated by the Romans in which they lived in fear and they were uncertain about the future. We live in a world where there have been 6.2 million deaths because of COVID-19. In the year 2022, there is a war on planet Earth and some would argue there is more than one going on and atrocities that we thought had been consigned to the history books are happening again. There have been more than 900 fatal police shootings every year since 2015, and this year we are on track to have exactly the same number or more. Nothing's changed. There's addiction, there's brokenness, and cancer has not yet been crushed like the vile thing that it is. It can be easy to give in to despair. It can be easy to give in to that pre-Easter sunrise despair, that despair that Mary Magdalene, that the disciples must have been feeling when they thought it was all over, when they were uncertain about what was ahead, if there was an ahead for them. 
But friends, we are now at Easter morning and we know more, we know better, we know what we can believe, what we proclaim, even though there may be evidence to the contrary, God is not only done with us, God is just beginning. And I can't tell you or explain the mechanics of how that first Easter happening, maybe that's why it happened while it was still dark, because there are some things we cannot know, some things we don't need to know. Maybe that's why there are witnesses to the risen Christ and not the rising Christ. But I can tell you, friends, what I believe, what I see on this Easter morning, and that's I believe that God's story is not ending, it's just beginning. Because on that Easter morning, according to John, the number of disciples was not that large. Maybe there were as few as 12 disciples gathered together, maybe as many as just a few dozen but that's all it took. We are here today as people of faith, not because there were multitudes, but because a few came to believe that God was not done. God was just beginning. And this Easter, those numbers are significant to me in a new way, because this is my first Easter here with you. And I am thinking today about those first disciples that may have been as few as 12 and about the disciples who gathered here in this place 205 years ago. How many were there? 13 of them. And because of those 13 205 years ago, the formation of this congregation, they proclaimed what we now proclaim, that God was not done. God was just getting started. God is just beginning. 2022 is no different. There will be people who tell you that church is not important, that faith can simply be an accessory. But on Easter, friends, we proclaim a counter-narrative that God is just getting started. To quote Jesus, who was quoting Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what God is just getting started with. That's what God is still calling us to do, to free the oppressed, to bring good news Declare a year of the Lord's favor. This isn't old news. This is new news. This is good news for God's people. And on Easter morning, we are reminded that God is not done with us. God is just beginning. And we are not no people. We are God's people called to love and share and weep and celebrate together, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. These are not old things, these are new things, new before us this day. And does this make a difference? It does, we know it does. We are here because it does. You are here because it does. I am here because it does. And because those first disciples were open to believing, and countless disciples since then, including the 13 who knew what we knew now, what we know now, Easter wasn't the last day of the week. It was the first day of the week. God is doing something new. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told him that he had said these things to her. Friends, we have seen the Lord. And he is here in our midst. Today is the first day of the week. And God is just beginning.
Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed. This is good news, so let us tell it with our voices, with our hearts, with our very lives. Let us proclaim Christ's resurrection, which brings good news of hope, love, justice, and grace, because God is just beginning and it is a new day. So let us say it one more time. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. <laughs>